Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I'm Mike Dano. I'm a third editor at Light Reading. <laughs> Three editors. That must Three mean we're going Christ. to be talking about something Light Reading related. <laughs> um, in fact, we are. Uh, I was going to tell you guys how my weekend went. <laughs> oh, well, we could, we could do that. Yeah. Certainly, it was pretty uh, good. <laughs> oh, okay, tick that box. We've uh, covered Kelsey's weekend. Um, now we are we are. Uh, this is the first in uh, uh, a series of podcasts that we're going to have talking about the Leading Lights Awards. Uh, in the past, what we would do is every editor would blog about all the categories that they had uh, presided over as a category judge, and they would go down a list of each finalist and list uh, all the merits of the finalist and you know what the why they were uh, had made it as far along in the contest as they had. Um, this year, we thought we'd do it a little bit different and actually just talk about uh, the categories themselves, what trends jumped out at us. We can talk a little bit about the companies that are uh, that are finalists, but we actually want to encourage you to go to lightreading.com and check out the check out the finalist list for yourself. But in general, it just seemed to be a more um, reasonable way to cover this to talk about sort of what we're seeing in the market and whether what's happening in the leading lights uh, contest is reflecting, uh, you know, is reflected by the market. And uh, uh, the categories we're covering this time around, uh, uh, Mike was the uh, category judge on uh, best new 5G core product, most innovative uh, 4G, 5G business service. And I think it was the, the other one was outstanding edge use case. Is that correct? I think that sounds right. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, so you had a you had a little bit of everything. You had something that was new product. You had something that was uh, business service related, and then you had uh, a use case category mm-hmm. and um, something borrowed and something blue. Right, I got, I got all of them, <laughs> but nothing new. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see, Kelsey. I am looking uh, to see which categories you had. You had best new open RAN product, which I'm sure had a million entries. It did. Um, yes, quite a few. Uh, yeah, just a heavy, heavy, heavy category. Uh, Everyone had, and their mom. Right. <laughs> Especially their mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had most innovative hybrid networking strategy, and that's a different one, but we were trying to find uh, a way to cover this kind of hybrid networking uh, space where people are kind of, you know, we, we, we wanted to call it something besides digital transformation, and this sort of embodied that. <laughs> and you also had uh, the category that covered SD-WAN product and service evolution and outstanding use case in service provider security, which could also include SD-WAN. And I imagine those cat- categories were uh, also pretty heavily uh, uh, patronized, I should say. Yeah, those ones um, were pretty good. Not a, not quite as many as um, in years past when SD-WAN was kind of just coming out, um, but still right. um, a solid representation. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So I, I can, um, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and cover uh, the ones that I had and kind of give you quick impressions of them. And then we can, uh, then we can go to Mike and then we can go to Kelsey and kind of, uh, you can get an idea of what, uh, what happened in all of these categories that we were uh, judging. And uh, it's, I should mention before we get started that, uh, uh, you know, we were category judges, but uh, the judging this year uh, was done by, uh, we had multiple judges per category. Um, we had, of course, one one judge in charge of the category. That's that's us. But then we had the uh, um, 
usually a subject area expert, an anal- an industry analyst, or someone um, that we deem uh, quite a bit smarter than us <laughs> to help us with each of the categories. So uh, it wasn't just something where it was just a lone editor in their room uh, trying to figure this stuff out, um, as it as it uh, sometimes has been in the past. Um, so the uh, categories I had to uh, preside over, uh, the first one I should mention actually is Outstanding Optical slash IP Networking Components Vendor. Um, that one was uh, retired this year because uh, lack of participation. So we didn't have enough uh, vendors to sort of enter and make that much of a contest. So we decided to uh, uh, put that category aside and it may or may not come back next year. Um, we also had the Light Reading Hall of Fame, which we have moved to December. We want to give ourselves a little bit more time to decide which uh, famous and or infamous individuals go into the Light Reading Hall of Fame this year. Uh, we normally have it tied to the leading lights. This year, we decided we would make it its own standalone uh, editorial presentation, and that will happen at the end of the year. Seemed like a good time, uh, good timing for it, uh, you know, as a reoccurring uh, editorial feature. Um, the category that I had, the two that I was left with were insanely well, uh, you know, trafficked, uh, just tons of entries. Uh, first of all, company of the year, private and, uh, best new optical networking slash IP product. Um, in the private company of the year category, what stood out to me in looking at the, uh, finalist, Obviously, 5G is still a big player, 5G infrastructure. So, you know, we had Altiostar uh, as one of those uh, companies. Um, and uh, another thing was kind of uh, companies like Plume and Cujo AI that are doing, I would say, accelerated home networking uh, analytics, statistics, and also using artificial intelligence and machine learning to kind of uh keep bandwidth connections up for a longer period of time, uh, parse all the data that home networks and small business networks are throwing off. And both of those companies, you know, don't do exactly the same thing, but they're kind of in that same bucket. And that has been a, 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 a surging uh, product category over the last few years. And uh, Plume especially has expanded quite rapidly uh, with a, we covered this earlier, uh, large amount of funding uh, to help it expand. You know what it started doing in the home networking market into the small business market. Um, the other uh, kind of group of companies in the company of the year category were uh, two uh, privately held service providers that were kind of doing specialist stuff in the service provider realm. So Windstream Wholesale uh, for its enterprise products, and then Colt Technology Services because Colt had an amazing uh, year in the, in the pandemic, even though it's not a company that sells directly, you know, via retail channels or anything like that. So uh, it's a pretty, um, a pretty interesting group of companies where, uh, you know, they're, they're standing out from their competitors. They're showing that they have uh, some innovation under the hood and they're uh, really trying to set themselves apart in, often cases a, a very crowded market. And uh, those are some of the things that jumped out in the company of the year category. 
Um, let's see, really quickly in the optical uh, IP networking category. This one was particularly interesting because three of the nine categories or three of the nine companies that were finalists in this category, uh, DriveNets, Packet Fabric, and RT Brick, are all in this kind of area of disaggregated networking. And that really was, I think, the theme of the optical and IP category of, uh, and of networking in general right now. Uh, Sterling Perrin, who was the uh, category judge on, on this one, uh, al- along with myself, we, we looked at, uh, you know, a, a lot of companies coming out with different products to sort of more or less tell the same bigger picture story. And this is something that he wrote in a recent white paper. Uh, Disaggregation is opening the IP market to new supplier choices that have not existed in decades, giving operators new power in the buyer-seller relationship. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that puts it very succinctly. Um, this is a power dynamic that's, that's changing between service providers and their suppliers. And this new breed of companies are, uh, take, and, and, and their suppliers, you know, their components makers are all taking advantage of this. Uh, they're moving more of the intelligence to software. They're, uh, uh, you know, showing up on, uh, off the shelf appliances and sort of commodity hardware. And uh, even though that, as we've covered in the open RAN market, that actually just kind of moves the choke point along a little bit. It doesn't get rid of it entirely. Um, it is a breath of fresh air for the service providers who are using that leverage, uh, you know, in their negotiations with suppliers that they have now. And, you know, as they're building new networks, this comes up again and again. So in the uh, optical IP uh, product category, uh, where we had, you know, the finalist included DriveNets, Marvell Technology, uh, Fujitsu, Infinera IP, uh, IP Infusion, Max Linear, Packet Fabric, Ribbon, and RT Brick. The overwhelming trend was that of disaggregated networking and uh, and and to some extent software defined networking. Um, so anyway, those are my categories. Uh, Kelsey, shall we? Uh, now, let's see, we want to go to Mike or Kelsey next. You guys have to flip for it. Should we do a thumb war over the virtual? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Kelsey. I'll, okay. I'll follow you. Sure. Uh, so, one of my categories was um, SD WAN product service evolution. And this has been a fun one to watch over the last few years. We started with um, I had two separate categories, but we ended up we'd get a lot of overlap with um, Mm -hmm. service providers and vendors uh, applying for both categories. And and so I think it was probably easier to just combine those um, because there kind of is a little bit of overlap anyway um, with, uh, you know, just um, service providers offering those vendor solutions often as a a managed uh, service. And so some of the um, folks on the list this year, um, Juniper, I think was, uh, I don't know that they've uh, submitted a whole lot in the past, but they did acquire 128 uh, technology, which has a pretty unique approach with their session aware uh, routing technology. Um, sorry, can you guys hear the dogs eating? I just back? heard, is that Finley? Is he- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finley decided um, that it's time for a late lunch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Juniper's got kind of an interesting approach. They also, um, you know, added in, uh, WAN assurance and they're working with a, um, Marvis virtual network assistant that for whatever reason always makes me think of Mavis Beacon teaches typing, but this is different. <laughs> this isn't <laughs> supported by Mist AI. Uh, I digress. Um, VMware is also on there. They've been a frequent one, um, especially since, you know, they acquired VeloCloud a few years ago. Uh, see, Maesergy is always an interesting one to look at because as a managed service provider, they do a lot of internal um, development of their SD-WAN service. Uh, so they've updated their AI ops feature, also working um, to provide some new security features, which I felt like was kind of a theme throughout some of these uh, SD-WAN submissions was adding in uh, new types of security and also addressing security for the remote workforce. Another category I covered was service provider security that could also cover uh, SD-WAN. Um, and I had some really interesting use cases here. One was with open systems for the College of Southern Nevada. So helping them uh, specifically with uh, security for their professors and students as everyone had to start learning and working from home. Uh, there was also one with NovaFlow for MTN's child online protection program. So um, protecting um, content regarding children um, hmm. over the web. Um, Is that like content filtering type thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And then we also had um, Comcast, Hughes Networks, and Ariaka um, submit there. Um, Hughes Networks was working with um, Murphy USA, uh, which is, a, I believe, an oil and gas company. Um, also, uh, another category was most innovative hybrid networking strategy. Um, got some interesting uh, submissions here from Glueware, Technetics, Amdocs, and Vicinity. Um, so this is kind of covering the gamut of uh, intent-based networking was a theme that we saw in this category um, as well. A lot about um, AI and automation there. Um, and then the one that I'll tap uh, Mike for his help is the best new open RAN product, which we had a huge number of submissions uh, for this one. It was <clears throat> everyone, their mom and their dads, I think submitted for this category. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, so, was, that was quite the judging uh, <laughs> adventure. I think there was just, there's a lot of, and I mean, it's true. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in open RAN. So that's what you would expect. And it, I, you know, it's, it, I, I think it's good to see because it means that like there is actually activity there. There's people, there's companies that think they're doing a good job. And so, you know, looking through those really helps to, to know that that is actually happening. It's also an interesting space because it just, it, it, it's a relatively new space in the span of, you know, telecom equipment. And so to have that many new products in a single year is always eye opening. um, you know, in such a small, you know, really a small category of the wire of the entire wireless universe that, that means there's just a, hive of activity right now. Definitely a lot of submissions around um, real-time intelligent controllers. There was some about small cells, um, even bringing in, you know, servers inside the data center, virtualized routers. It kind of ran the gamut of, yeah. um, you know, what could be included in, in open RAM products, but definitely saw a lot of Ricks. We got Rick rolled, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's the, uh, what, what does Rick stand for again? <laughs> the uh, real, real, real time, time intelligent, intelligent controller. controller. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, um, uh, how many, how many finalists did we end up with in that category? Was it like, it was a pretty, pretty big haul, right? Yeah. I think there were probably a, around half a dozen. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the more, definitely one of the more active categories. So that was good. Out of 87. Just kidding. It wasn't that many, yeah. but it felt like it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, um, uh, kind of going more into the 5g, uh, uh, infrastructure world. Uh, is that a world? Yeah. I guess we can talk about the, you know, another part of the 5g network. We can go to the, the 5g corp. Uh, was it best new core product? That was your first one, right, Mike? Yeah, we, I, yeah, got a couple and, and yeah, we'll go, we'll go deep into the core, uh, and start, start with 5g core product and and yeah just i think just like uh kelsey's uh some of kelsey's categories there was, there was a bunch of uh applications for this one and and also um was that was not necessarily a surprise because there is a lot of activity going on in the core right now and i think the most interesting thing is that there are a lot of vendors um from a lot of different areas that are mm-hmm. that are playing in the core now um so it's not it's it's not just the sort of standard companies that have supplied this kind of stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of new faces um, that are coming out of there or that are coming into the 5g core. And I think that was my, my big takeaway. It was just like so many, so many vendors, which made, I thought uh, ranking these really hard because um, there's so many vendors coming in, you know, they all sort of talk a good game. And so the ones that I, that I, I'm, I picked, I, I just picked a few to highlight right now, but, um, um, but there's so many that, you know, the, the ones that I picked were the ones that are at least showing a little bit of interesting traction or, you know, had something beyond just, we have a core product. <laughs> uh, so, um, so anyway, I picked, I'm just going to mention three right now, but, uh, the ones that I picked to, to talk about was Nokia, um, which, you know, I don't think you can talk about 5G core without mentioning Nokia because they've really been racking up a lot of wins lately. So, you know, they they do seem to have a pretty good core product, but it's really that list of customers that is the interesting thing. Um, and they list, you know, they've got a they've got a bunch of customers, including up to Dish Network uh, to, and T-Mobile, the first uh, first 5G standalone core launch um, or one of the first. Uh, so, you know, it's just the customers that really um, bring out Nokia. Mm-hmm. A couple others just to mention real quick in 5G core. Um, Mavenir, I don't think you can talk about 5G core without talking about Mavenir. They they really have like uh, shot up in the in the in the vendor rankings lately, and they have a bunch of customers too, uh, in, um, including uh, Deutsche Telekom. So you know, um, a couple of big customer wins there. And then the last one I wanted to mention in 5G core was NEC, and that's another. It's a company that you know they make they make a bunch of hardware, but uh, they're also making a lot of progress in uh, software and core as well. Um, so they're certainly worth uh, mentioning in the discussion of of five G core. Um, on our on our on our uh, finalist list, we've got a bunch of other ones: uh, 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 Reliance Geo Platforms, um, Radcom, VMware, Amdocs. I mean, I could go on and on, but but those yeah. those three I think are the ones um, sort of worth highlighting for five G core. It's interesting. They all kind of come at it at the same, at, at a, in a, from a slightly different perspective, given their legacy businesses or their, you know, w- what they, what they, uh, sort of came from, um, side note, uh, 
uh, Kelsey, what, that wasn't Finley that you just showed in the, in the webcam that nobody can see because this is an audio product, but I still wanted to, to let the, let the listeners know that we were just delighted by, uh, uh, Kelsey holding a dog up to camera. So who was that? That's Bernie. She's the neighbor's dog. I'm dog sitting this week. So, so cute. Um, yeah. Well, she seemed awfully calm when you picked her up. That was fun. Yeah. She's pretty chill. She's my bud. Um, yeah, she's really cute. Like, All uh, right, shout out to Bernie. Scotty dog fix. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie will definitely get a leading lights trophy just for making an appearance on on a related oh, podcast. Um, yes. Yeah, really. We'll have her ranked in that. <laughs> Bernie's favorite edge computing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she'll have she'll have to help us pick a couple of the winners after the podcast is over. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, which uh, which which you had two. Uh, Two more yeah, remaining categories. Two more. I'll, I'll mention uh, the edge computing one. So the, I actually thought the edge computing was the most interesting. So I've been writing about edge computing for a while now. And I was kind of wondering like where we where we are in edge computing. And I think the answer is we're still pretty early. <laughs> we, <laughs> there are not, not a lot of like real fancy um, use cases for edge computing yet. There's a couple of uh, relatively good entries, but... Um, real you know, quick, Mike, get, how many times yeah. did someone mention autonomous vehicles? Exactly. Zero. <laughs> I think that is my point. There are yeah. no autonomous vehicles right now that are running on edge computing. So right. uh, yeah, exactly. All those fancy use cases that people have been talking about for a couple of years now, they are not happening yet. Um, we got, um, we had a couple of interesting ones. Uh, Quilt talked about uh, a, a video caching solution on the edge um, that, that, uh, that Verizon is using that a pretty good use case that they talked about there. Um, we had a, another good one from American Tower, which is a big cell tower company, um, and they talked about a company called Villatech that's using their edge computing, their new edge computing thing. So that's kind of interesting too. Um, and then the, just the last one I'd mention is um, it's a company called uh, Rafe, and that's I don't I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they but they also had a, a pretty good use case um, involving Verizon business. Um, cool. Yeah, so like it's early days. In edge yeah. computing, uh, things are happening, but early days. I think that's another um, kind of a new thing we did with the leading lights this year was, you know, having categories that were specific to use cases because there are so many of these technology areas where I don't think we get the full story by hearing about what products or or uh, technologies are involved. It doesn't really, you know, it kind of breaks apart at that point. What we really want to see or hear more about is yeah what's being done in the field or what what services are actually being created what are people creating that other businesses or consumers can buy um so i and i as this uh category attests um this might be a category for several more years before we really get to some of these use cases that initially drew us into the thought of uh, the idea of edge computing you know Right, we we haven't gotten to the part where the where the terminators are being remote controlled by a, a Skynet central intelligence. We're just we're just not there yet. Not, not yet, no. But uh, we're hold, holding out hope. Only a matter of time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that. That's I would a, just love a, some robots to clean my house. That would be. I know. Great. I know. Really, yeah, I, the, the Roomba. I think we just stopped after Roomba, and then we were like, okay, what's next? Like, uh, you know. Yeah, and I it, heard that thing like bumps into stuff and just quits. Yeah, like, yeah, it gives oh. up easily. Uh, but I don't know. Vacuuming a rug just isn't that. That's not the whole house. I got. I gotta give me more, more Roomba, more robots. <laughs> yeah, I need someone to clean the bathroom. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, 
But uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know how we got there, but somehow we're uh, we're, we're talking about bathroom cleaning after uh, <laughs> after all of these this discussion of all of these uh, uh, disparate categories. Uh, so obviously, uh, uh, this is all in the build up to the uh, twenty twenty one Leading Lights Awards, where uh, we will uh, announce the winners of. Uh, our 24 technology and uh, use case categories. That's all going to happen uh, on October 8th. Uh, so we hope you'll make make a little bit of time to uh, check out the uh, the winners list at that time. And of course, in the meantime, go to the finalist. Just search Leading Lights at uh, lightreading.com and you will be treated to uh, all of the finalists that we talked about and a whole bunch more that you've never heard of. Uh, uh, so that'll wrap up this podcast. Uh, Kelsey and Mike, thanks so much for uh, helping out and for being category judges. Thanks, Bernie. She says you're <laughs> welcome. She's currently laying down, about to take a nap. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. I got, yeah. I've got my uh, weekly management call, so I think I'll do the same. But <laughs> you know, never mind. <laughs>